0: Hi, everyone. (laughs) Welcome back to How Come. Today is Pelvic Pain Day. I'm sitting here with Dr. Tayaba Ahmed and Dr. Allison Shrikande, who are both board certified doctors of physical medicine and rehabilitation. So important. So important. We are so excited for this episode. A lot of you have been asking us about pelvic pain and sending in questions. You've sent in amazing questions. We couldn't be more grateful to our companions. So we're going to ask them to these doctors on this episode. If we don't get to them on this episode, go to patreon.com howcome how come. We will have extras and we're going to try to answer everything that you guys have sent us in. Hello. Welcome, Hello. ladies. Hello. I hate saying ladies. I don't know why I just did that. <laughs> welcome, doctors. <laughs>
1: Aww, thanks. <laughs> so, no, we're yes. so happy to be here.
2: How come? How come? How come I can't achieve? How come I can't achieve? I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Oh, baby, I believe these guests can help. Because I can't do it by myself. I want to just.
0: I'm so happy to have you here. We've talked about pelvic pain a good amount, but you guys do something. I, I think when we when we all think of pelvic rehabilitation, a lot of people immediately go to Kegels. Yeah. yeah, and I know that from talking to both of you that that is not what you do.
1: There's like a whole other world besides Kegels, and yeah. I was literally just telling someone today that, like, when you think of like the '80s and the '90s, mm-hmm. you're like, oh women's health kegels and that's it um and now like there's this whole other world of tight pelvic floor muscles Mm -hmm. and those are not kegels okay and so that emergence is like slowly starting to rise but it hasn't had that emergence like the The Kegel movement. The Kegel movement, exactly. Yes. The great Kegel rush of
0: (laughs)
3: 1982.
4: (laughs) It was definitely an 80s movement. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what is pelvic pain? So pelvic pain, uh, it can come from multiple things, Mm -hmm. etiologies. But really what we deal with is pelvic pain with uh, muscle spasms. Mm -hmm. So when their pelvic floor is... And tight, Um, there can be a lot of pain with intercourse or just pelvic pain in general.
0: And this is for vulva owning people or penis owning people as well. For
4: everything, for everyone. Yeah. When I first started, I had women's health. Come see me if you have you know pain with intercourse. Yeah. But the men started showing up at the door, Mm -hmm. and the anatomy is the same from what we do. So we started treating them. So we treat the men and the women. Everyone has a pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, where is that?
1: It's basically anywhere between the pubic bone and the tailbone. Mm -hmm. And there's this pelvic floor that holds up your organs. So for females, um, uterus, for males, prostate, and then the bladder for both, and then the bowel for both. We have to include
0: trans also of course so it's like kind of like a netting that mm-hmm. is holding up like a hammock a sling Or it's a muscle it's a muscle yeah, a muscle. Okay. yeah exactly yeah. okay and so we've spoken to three people now who had vaginismus is that related to pelvic pain yes definitely very much so okay is vaginismus a spasm
1: it's like a contraction of the muscles now sometimes it's happening for the first time ever. So you could have like that 16-year-old girl who gets her period. Well, she probably got her period much earlier, but she probably didn't put a tampon in or maybe she her mm-hmm. mom taught her at like 15, 16 and she can't get it in. And that's typically the primary vaginismus, that, mm-hmm. that diagnosis of, okay, she's not able to get it in. Or the first time she meets a guy and she wants to have sex and she can't, you it's know. It's a fear of penetration. Fear of penetration. But the
0: body's fear.
1: Contracting. Yeah. Um, and then there's a secondary vaginism, which happens sometimes later in life where you can have great sex your whole life, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden something happened like hormonally changes. Um, you know trauma or accident i had mm-hmm. one patient her husband had died mm-hmm. and years later she didn't ha- she didn't do anything and then now she's having tight muscles mm-hmm. and that was that's more like secondary vaginismus
2: okay and
4: sometimes it's not just their minds fear. sometimes there is something underlying that can cause that to happen so it's not always necessarily just uh in their you know anxiety related mm-hmm. sometimes there is something gynecological that can stimulate that
0: okay so what are the kinds of issues when people come to get your care
1: endometriosis is a huge one okay um i don't that's know
0: that's i know because of there's commercials
1: oh yeah so they're they're big now the commercials huge. are out there now which is great yes because it's one in every 10 women
0: is it that yeah. yeah it's pretty mm-hmm. common that's wild yeah and so what is endometriosis?
1: So endometriosis is endometrial like tissue mm-hmm. that's not in the uterus. It's now outside of the uterus. So imagine that pelvis. Yeah. And imagine that sling. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, ov- the uterus, the ovaries, the bladder, and the bowel. And
4: now endometriosis can be anywhere in there. Right. So it can, okay. it's basically outside where it's supposed to be. So it's these endometrial tissue. It's supposed tissues. to be it's, it's in not, the it, bladder
0: well or in the uterus. No, no, it's
1: it's not really supposed to be anywhere. Oh, but so it's tissue that's outside. And so when you, some people who have it, when you have your period,
4: those implants cause pain. So there are lesions or implants that cause pain and inflammation mm-hmm. wherever they are throughout the like pelvis. Like almost the way
3: I have like polyps on my vocal cords. This like endometrial tissue, like saying, yeah, uh-huh. type it's tissue causing some sort of pain inside. Yeah.
0: But there should so be no endometrial tissue to begin with.
1: Well, it's it's like tissue, but it's not supposed to be hanging out. So in a woman who doesn't have endometriosis, they don't have that hanging around their bladder. Mm. And so now a woman with endometriosis might have bladder pain or she might have bowel pain or she might have bloating because it's And sometimes it actually goes up to the lungs. So I often say it's like a benign cancer. Yeah, I was going to say. It it sounds like
0: something that can take over your entire body.
4: Right. It can even go in the lymph nodes and spread. It's like a cancer, but it's benign. From what I've read about it, it's really misdiagnosed. 100%. I mean, most patients come being told by multiple doctors, have a glass of wine. You'll be fine. Just relax. Mm -hmm. Um, because the workup's normal. The MRIs are normal, blood tests are normal. So, quite often, they're frustrated and misdiagnosed. And at this point, there is no proper diagnosis other than uh, surgery. So, which mm-hmm. we have to send for to take a look, essentially. So, um, and we are working on something called the Rose Trial to try and figure out how to diagnose endometriosis through menstrual blood flow through analyzing biomarkers in the blood flow so we're hoping to get more patients to help us participate and really really find diagnosis so is everything that people coming to you for does they get
0: told they get told that it's stress related like endometriosis that's stress related uh a tight pelvic floor is stress-related, apparently. Yes. So like everything's in your head and you're crazy from every other doctor. Right, which is not true. But (laughs) how come doctors aren't more educated on this?
1: Very good question. You know, unfortunately, there's just not a lot. Even in rehab, we're physiatrists. Even where we trained, um, there was no training for pelvic pain. I mean, we have to like go out and try to get this education on our own. And how did you
0: both get into the field?
4: Essentially, I had my own issues postpartum. Mm-hmm. Had a baby, had some SI joint dysfunction during pregnancy, but then after delivery, had a lot of urinary incontinence, urgency, some pain with intercourse, and sought treatment um, from pelvic floor PT. And yeah. then... I created a protocol that was a non-surgical outpatient protocol to treat the pelvic floor muscles and nerves because I needed help and I was trying to treat myself. (laughs) It just feels
0: like such a chicken or the egg situation where it's like, okay, I have this thing. None of the doctors know about what to do, so then I have to invent this plan of what to do to treat myself that nobody knows what to do.
1: Well, the pelvic physical therapists have been doing it for a lot longer than the doctors have. Definitely, So they've been around. They've been doing it. Um, But there's like that whole, are you the weak pelvic floor that needs the Kegels Mm. or are you the tight pelvic floor that will get worse with Kegels? Yeah. So everyone... is kind of just running to the pelvic PT and they have to be good at what they do at to diagnosing. know which one you are.
0: Yeah. Cause you were saying that you're having like urinary problems. Like that seems like a case for Kegels to me.
4: Exactly. That's when right? it can get a little confusing yeah. okay. because when the muscles are in spasm, they're weaker. So they're, they're short spastic and weak. Mm-hmm. So they're also not holding up the bladder very well mm. and also can cause irritation of the bladder neck. Oh, my God. So, but then the, also laxity can cause symptoms as well. Laxity means when the muscles are weaker and spread out, not spastic, they're weaker. Then you can get some urinary symptoms too. But okay. um, that's the pelvic floor physical therapists are, who treat pelvic floor are excellent at kind okay. of guiding you there. And we always start there. If we meet someone and they haven't tried pelvic floor PT, mm-hmm. it's always the first place to start. What is that process
0: like? Because, like, I've been led through the vaginismus thing of going, like, putting the Russian dolls up your vagina. <laughs> what is, <laughs> you know, like the little oh, dildo sizes? Oh, <laughs> dilators. dilators. Dilators, yeah. yeah. Oh. But, like, for this, is it like relax this much for 30 seconds? You know what I mean?
1: Like, you know, it's really hard because I went after my second, and, you know, I noticed that I, I, I'm that mom. I was working out, and I was leaking and it wasn't Mm -hmm. like a ton but enough that I was like "Mm, I don't want to leak anymore so I went to pelvic PT they did an exam they went in they saw like you know I had someone that I trusted you know do the exam and she taught me some exercises and within two weeks I noticed a serious improvement in my leakage but you do have to keep it up now like if you want it to keep it going there are surgical procedures to do Yeah. That could potentially help, but I didn't feel like I I wanted to do a surgical procedure. I I feel like conservative treatment was good for me. Yeah. And yeah, I do have to keep it up. Um, but like I've also heard of patients who've had surgeries and they were told to do Kegels. And they did like 300 Kegels every day for six months. And then they ended up being the tight pelvic floor. Oh so you don't want to be on either extreme. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so you should probably should have a doctor or specialist right. watching Managing, you, know. you. Yeah. Like don't just yeah. go out there and go do your own exercises yeah. and try to fix. Yeah. because yeah. yeah. then
1: you're in a bit of a hot mess now trying to reverse stuff and reversing a hypertonic tight mel- pelvic floor. You have to get back to the loose yeah. and then strengthening. So strengthening it's like
0: back up again. Yeah. Without yeah. getting tight. It's like your pelvic floor is like a really intense actor that just gets like skinny and fat for different roles. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my, my pelvic floor is Daniel Day-Lewis, actually. <laughs> well, mine is Christian Bale. <laughs>
1: oh, my God, Christian Bale.
0: What is that process like? Yeah. What
1: are those
3: different exercises?
1: Well, some are just different ways to do Kegels. So, so you know how you use, you know, ankle weights for like, yeah. like strengthening your legs or some of them are doing them with resistance. And sometimes, you know, I'm sure you've seen the Kegel balls Mm -hmm. and, you know, some are some people who like to use tools will say, we'll do it with a Kegel ball now. And here's an extra weight, you know, a two pound weight or, you know, you don't want to do anything crazy. I've seen some like crazy Facebook, um, you know, that woman who was like on the beach. Oh, yeah. Who
0: can lift. Yeah. Lifting
3: weight. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We do not recommend that. <laughs>
0: Don't do that. It that cool looks cool to me. Uh, it looks so cool, funny. but I would not want but to so be her bladder. Those can help an over tightened one. No,
4: no. I mean, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. First, you have to kind of make it a little looser, and then you can tighten. How would you yeah. make it
1: looser? So we do a lot of different things. I mean, we do medication management with like. Gonna be crazy, but Valium suppositories is an option, and it is what it's it sounds like. Or vaginal, or
0: vagina. Either, Either one. One. suppository is just
4: in anywhere, anywhere, in. any hole. Yeah, any just hole. Not, but your not your mouth. Not <laughs> <laughs> your mouth. mouth or your ears or I
1: had a patient yesterday who was like, "I don't put anything anywhere, including my nose or my mouth." I was like, "Okay, interesting. Food goes in there." Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. Like, You're a liar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How did you survive for
1: so long? But yeah, so you could put like vaginal. And I'm, you've probably, I mean, in LA, they have like THC suppositories now. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have CBD suppositories. So for people who are like against medication. So it literally just gets right to the area. Right. And kind right of like the problem. mellows mm-hmm. it out. Gets to the source. Wow.
3: Exactly. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like a CBD tampon. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right.
1: You're, I've heard yeah. that. You know what's funny though, because like you, you get it. It makes so much sense. Totally. But, but like so many GYNs don't get it. They don't. I've never heard of it, and they're just scared to like prescribe yeah. something they don't know. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
4: But it works. <laughs> it definitely really works. well. I used one last night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like I went right to sleep. No. <laughs> it really helps sleep too. But
0: it doesn't affect.
4: Well, there is some systemic absorption. but It's not nearly what a pill would be. Right. right? But there is some, but so we always have the sure yeah, rectally, especially rectally. Yeah, the, I
0: heard that. That's like with like, not yeah. that people should do this, but people were doing like alcoholic soaked. Oh, uh, well, and stuff and putting it up their butts.
3: Right. Yeah. It yeah. Gets to get to your faster and yeah, yeah, faster. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Don't do that. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is not but like putting, that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> You're not that don't, kind of doctor. Don't do that. But CBD, a <laughs> okay. Or yeah. prescribed by a doctor, even better. Yeah. Um, one of our listeners it in just because you were saying that you were an exercising mom. A lot of women after giving birth get pelvic floor disorder and then their doctor tells them they shouldn't exercise at all, which is obviously really limiting. But the catch is that there's basically no research into exercises that women can and can't do to protect pelvic floor stuff.
4: Yeah, I mean, there is definitely a lack of research out there. What mm-hmm. we normally use is called Your Pace Yoga. Mm-hmm. Dusty and Miller Her, her Your Pace yoga is fabulous. She was a, used to be a pelvic floor PT, and then she created this yoga program to kind of help both strengthen and get mm-hmm. that neuromuscular re-education and keep the pelvis open at the same okay. time. Um, and there's different stages. You can get a little cardio in there too if you want, but cool. it's pretty amazing. So it's
0: like you're doing a full body exercise mm-hmm. to target one area. Exactly.
4: I like that. And it's <laughs> yeah. a lot of breathing and yeah. meditation in it, which is pretty, it's pretty great. Cool. I think we do a
1: lot of like what you can do and what you can't do. What mm-hmm. like I mean, it kind of makes sense to us, but maybe we'll ask you. Does it make sense to spin if your
0: pelvic floor hurts? No, it does right. not make sense to spin. How ever? B-
2: <laughs> <laughs> Good. Me too. I, I hate I'm spinning. Tired.
1: <laughs>
0: um, but no, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Like, would running really work on your pelvic floor and you're leaking?
0: No, probably. But what not. about an elliptical?
1: Yeah, that's fine. More 10, ease, fifteen, twenty minutes a you know at a time. Not so
4: bad. What about sex? Well, That's we what we do for a living. <laughs> g- we get people having sex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 We're, we're killing for first. We sex, can't tell right? you to stop having sex. <laughs> right. That's why what you're coming. At. That's our goal. Yeah. yeah. We high five when that happens. Yeah, yeah. it's good cardio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but I mean, there's different, I guess, thought processes here. But overall, it's not dangerous to have sex, if there's any pelvic floor, hypertonia, or dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Um, the main concern is you don't want a negative association with having sex. Yeah, That's yeah, the, yeah. We just don't want yeah. to reinforce that negativity. So yeah. sometimes we'll say, hold off, just chill out for a bit, and we'll get you going when we feel you're you're ready. Totally. But it's just for that. We just don't want that negative association. Yeah. Most
0: people are coming in because it's sex-related, or they're just, oh, like, definitely. uncomfortable and leaking. Definitely. Okay. Oh, no. Most people Leaking pain. is,
4: like... It sucks. It it's sex. It's sex, yeah.
1: That's the driver.
0: Came with intercourse. Don't you think that's, I mean, this could be, is a little psyche, but like leaking is an issue for yourself, but until it becomes a problem with someone else and maybe like their sexual life, nobody takes. Well, that's the thing. I
1: tell patients, you take care of your pelvic floor now, you won't be in depends when you're in your seventies. Yeah. But everyone's too focused on having good sex in their twenties mm. that they're not really so concerned with the. The other stuff in their 70s.
0: So it can, the leaking can happen later in life because of bad pelvic floor maintenance now?
1: Well, if you're really weak and like, I mean, I'll do exams on some girls who are like in their 20s or 30s and they're Mm. really weak now. I mean, it's not going to get much better. I mean, unless they do something. But most of
4: them are in therapy and so they're doing really well. Yeah. Does squirting have anything to do with leaking? Control. It does have to do with your ability to control your pelvic floor is how I would look at it. Yeah. So it just, it does. And the higher level control, then it, your abilities are, will improve. Okay. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, okay. So then just back to endometriosis for a second. Um, this girl said, I just had a laparoscopy to get it. Re- Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Laparoscopy to get it removed and I'm still having pain. Is that normal?
4: Yeah. Well, come see us. That's yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, it is because the we treat the nerves and the muscles associated with the pelvis. Mm-hmm. And the nerve and muscle issues have been going on for so long because they, they don't like the presence of the endo in your body. Yeah. They go into this chronic kind of guarding state. Mm-hmm. And even if you have that endo removed, which is the primary pain generator... You still have to help the muscles and the nerves along. Because
0: they're like having yeah. Um, PTSD. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of. Still in like they've been intimidated right. for such a long time exactly. by this yeah. new person. Exactly. Creep.
4: Totally.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or lack thereof. Now yeah. there's no creep in there. Is now there's like, no uh, creep. There's and nothing in like, here. I got so accustomed to this creep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, this one listener says she has sex pain because of endometriosis. Are there positions or things to do to inhibit pain?
4: Yeah, we always talk about positions with our patients. Mm-hmm. So if someone says it, it's uncomfortable, we say, you know, is it all positions? It, and we try and figure out what's not uncomfortable. And right, then
0: so it's like take an that. inventory of <laughs> yourself
4: because yeah. y- your body's probably constructed differently.
0: And you don't yeah. know when you're, where and your also endometriosis is.
3: Exactly. Is it, is it yeah. entrance totally.
0: pain? Is it thrusting yeah.
1: pain? It's not all the same. Yeah. Sometimes it's just getting in. Totally. And then sometimes it's the right, sometimes it's the left, and, you know, yeah. kind of getting
0: angled. Yeah. Um, can a papilloma virus cause pelvic pain? Mm-hmm. I mean, like I guess HPV. Or technically,
1: yeah. anything in your bowel, your bladder, and your you know gynecologic system could cause pelvic pain. Anything that's you know, basically anything that's down there can cause those muscles to be tight. Okay, mm-hmm. if you've had any procedures down there, um, I mean male or female, any procedures like you could have an IUD place and have pelvic pain. You could have um, a labio surgery,
0: just a cosmetic surgery and have pelvic pain after. I had really intense pain after my IUD was implanted mm-hmm. but I think it was like pretty normal. I mean I hate to say that that's normal but I th- they were like yeah, you're going to have the worst cramps ever and bleed for a month and I I wore
3: one of those diapers. Um, <laughs> I know. It's wild though. Like, so up until this point basically women have to get to like that stage three you were saying of like I am in so much pain I know for a fact something is wrong and like yeah. kind of push aside all the doctors who are like oh it's in your head or so yeah. it's cramps or something yeah unfortunately well,
4: Yeah, at this point we're trying to raise awareness and there's a lot of programs I know Shannon Cohen from Endowat is doing a program where she's getting a kit into nurses' offices for high schools to try and teach kids, you know, this is a normal period. This is definitely not normal. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the whole goal is to educate younger and younger um, so that people won't be a decade of symptoms.
3: Totally.
0: This listener said, I had pelvic pain when I changed partners. Now I don't with him after many years. Is that normal?
4: She's gotten used to him. Yeah. She just got used to him and and what you were saying, found their positions. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, This listener said, is it weird every time I climax the next day I get a UTI slash have UTI symptoms? Do you guys cover mm. UTIs? A lot of times it's not mm. actually
1: UTI and it feels like a UTI. So a lot of people are like, Oh, I had the, I had a UTI and then they get, they go to their urgent care cityMD uh-huh. and they get their urine tested and it's clean. But then they're like, Oh, but it's probably a positive culture. So we'll give you some antibiotics. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out negative. And so they think they've had this UTI that they've been treated, but they never found out their culture results. And yeah. so they're saying they have these UTI type symptoms, but really, it's just pelvic floor dysfunction. Right. And that's why they end up with us. So they've done these rounds of um, antibiotics, and they're like, my UTI, like I've been on three, I've been on a month yeah. of
3: antibiotics. How come my, my UTI is not going away? That makes sense. Yeah. One of my friends said for like six months she kept getting diagnosed with UTIs, and it was all pelvic floor related. Yeah. yeah. So should people be going to both an OBGYN and a pelvic floor specialist? Well, so uh. what we do is so rare that there's barely
1: five of us in new york city who are doing this and That's so insane. and we're not gyns or therapists we're like the random physiatrist in, in new york doing it okay so yeah if they want to start off with a pelvic physical therapist i think they might have better luck mm-hmm. getting to a proper diagnosis Mm -hmm. because the pelvic physical therapists have been doing it
0: longer than a lot of
1: the gyns
0: okay right but this question was specifically about having an orgasm that the next day she has symptoms is is that something you've ever heard of before So
4: orgasms involve the pelvic floor muscles and nerves yeah the pudendal nerve okay so we hear that all the time i had a flare after my orgasm Mm -hmm. post-orgasm flare okay and their flare feels like a uti so people even uh, come to us. What's your okay. main complaint to me? I feel like I have a constant UTI, or I feel like I have a yeast infection. That's but there sucks. are negative cultures. Everything's clean. Um, so it's just pelvic floor. So pain. like a could contra- But a, but a orgasm you get is a nice orgasm,
0: and then you have a horrible feeling right after.
1: Yes, because when you're tight, yeah, and then you're trying to get what is a like a, 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 con- a orgasm. Your contraction, a contraction. A contraction. Yeah. So it's like. But I forget what how many seconds, how many contractions in like eight seconds or something, something crazy. Mm-hmm. But now you're if you're loose and then you have a contraction, like an orgasm, mm-hmm. it, it's it's like a it feels better. Right. So when you're tight, you don't feel that great going into a tighter state. Totally. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. definitely.
0: So
4: now you flared yourself.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
4: Oh,
0: so what do you
3: do in that case? You come well, to us. Us. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. We, we
4: treat you. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the idea of down regulating basically your peripheral and central nerves. Calm them down. We try to chill them out. We try to create more space in your pelvis, open up the muscles with the pelvic floor PT. But that's how you get better. We calm it all down, chill it all out.
3: Yeah, because no one's like, I
4: need to stop orgasming. No, 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 no. no. That is not the solution. We we can't
0: tell tell people to stop doing that. No, no. no. We had one listener who said, before I was diagnosed with hyperactive pelvic floor, I had gynecologists telling me it was yeast infections or I was just like that for six months. I honestly thought my body was broken until I finally saw a doctor who knew what was going on. Luckily, after much PT and dilators, I'm doing much better. But along with that, I've also realized I'm someone who will always have pelvic pain. And instead of trying to do a quick fix, how to do long-term maintenance and how to have pleasurable sex.
1: So there are other things she can add in. Because it sounds like she's not. I mean, what she's done so far is basically the tip of what we do Mm. i mean we do um nerve block injections to the pelvic floor and a lot of our patients will say like one pt session one injection is like equivalent to like five or six pt sessions Mm. so um she could do more yeah um and then sometimes it's like those maintenance of those injections that actually keep patients better for longer Mm -hmm. um or you know there are the Valium suppositories I mentioned that you yeah, know yeah, yeah. that they can use like right before intercourse. Um, there's other things. I mean, and then sometimes there's nerve medications that
4: can kind of calm down the nerves.
0: But is it kind of like living as an alcoholic? Like you're always a recovering?
4: It depends on the underlying cause. So every patient so different. Every, okay. So t- some no. Yeah. Um, and some yes. yes. Like the endo patients, it's a chronic disease.
0: Is it? And it'll probably grow back as well or...
4: The recurrence rates are quoted in the data post-operatively are between 7 to 10%. Okay. If they have
1: a good endometriosis excision. Mm-hmm. But if they have an ablation, which is just burning it, I don't, I don't know what the rates are. Is okay. it the same recurrence rate? Mm-hmm. Probably not. It's probably mm-hmm. more.
0: All right, you guys. So we're going to take a wee little break because Nanny just got home and she wants to meet these doctors. <laughs> Oh, and they're back. Alright, I guess they didn't talk for a long time. Come back, ladies. Talk to me. Why did I say ladies again? Jesus
3: Christ. <laughs> 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 what kinds of things do guys feel when they come in with these issues? Or people with mm-hmm. issues? Guys are
1: the most interesting because they are, their issues are usually all sexual. Unless it's like a little bit urinary. Mm. Um, but usually it's post-ejaculation pain and they feel it in the perineum. So it's like mm. between the area between their penis and their rectum. Um, so the post-perineal pain or um, post-ejaculation pain sometimes during ejaculation and sometimes they come in with tip of the penis pain Mm -hmm. sometimes the shaft pain sometimes it's their testicles that actually hurt Mm -hmm. um and and that all
3: counts
0: as pelvis all pelvis okay it's all our realm (laughs) and that's when it's too tight
4: yeah, a lot of yes, and f- sometimes there's injuries, uh, sex injuries that can occur. They're worried it's been fractured or they read something in men's health and that told them to do these Kegels during ejaculation and they kept doing it. So that, And well, they didn't realize they were injury. already tight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or they were doing it on purpose cuz like they were told that uh, they're going to get better
1: at sex if they do like 500 Kegels, uh-huh. right? So
0: the pelvis seems like a very inclusive organ.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Welcoming to all. Yeah. <laughs> Does not discriminate.
0: Um, What are like the most extreme cases that have come in to you?
4: Of pelvic
1: pain? Yeah. Endo is definitely the hardest. Okay. uh, I think in my opinion, um, just because it's chronic. Yeah. Getting them in and kind of like getting them through the surgeries and, you know, after post surgeries. It's always nice to see when a patient's doing well because it's so hard um, to like, you know, I don't have endo, so I don't. You Know to see someone suffering every single yeah. day is really tough, yeah.
4: Of course, yeah. I think some of the more challenging cases, too, are in my suspicion, maybe missed endo. By the time they get to us, they're mm-hmm. postmenopausal, so um, it's not really an option to have a, a resection at that point. So they've had this centralized nerve pain mm-hmm. for 20, 20 plus years, sometimes 25 30 years, mm-hmm. it's really affected their life and they can be really challenging to explain why they're in pain and yeah. try and get them better just because it's been going on for so long. Yeah. So our whole thing is is to try and raise awareness and get people early. Get them early. Get them early. We, can, we can get you better if we, find, if we get you early but totally. after you know a long time it's very much a challenge. Damn. Yeah. That that's, sucks. That's tough. Yeah. Well you know another one that's
1: really bad um, thinking about it is the ones with the pudendal nerve like that have had pudendal entrapment what is that? Um, there's I'm a not. major nerve of the pelvis, basically. And it's kind of affected with scar tissue. And sometimes it can be entrapped. Um, and then it causes a lot of sitting pain.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. And so a lot of these patients, men and women, are really hard to treat, too. Because they have a lot of pain. And, and it could be with anyone. You could have endo and have this. Or you could it could be anyone. Um, and that's really tough to treat, too. Because... A lot of people sit all day, right, for their totally. job. So now they are limited because they can barely sit. So a lot of them have to go on disability or they can't
0: work. And, um, if, you know, walking around with donut pillows, I cushions. Say, yeah. You know, had a family member that was sitting on a donut for a while. Yeah, and it was pretty tough. Yeah, because there's not just that I'm taking care of my body, but I can't really go in public because I don't want to be bringing this donut out, and I feel embarrassed and taking it to restaurants. Exactly, everybody's going to be asking, "What's wrong with your ass? What's wrong with you?" know. But you know what?
1: A lot of times, these like like eye bankers, lawyers, doctors like we get a lot of really like smart people, and it's not like it has anything to do with like being a truck driver or anything. This is just like people who sit for work. Mm. And so it's nothing to be embarrassed of, but everyone's so embarrassed about it. And that kind of sucks. Do you get a lot of truck
0: drivers?
3: (laughs) I have a couple. They've got, yeah, (laughs) like
0: long commutes. We got a lot of truck driver listeners because podcasts are very popular with road trips.
3: Are you guys saying that sitting can induce these issues or just exacerbates them. Mm. Exacerbate, yeah. Okay. yeah. It's an exacerbation.
4: It's putting pressure so that pudendal nerve goes right under your sit bone. So, and nerves love blood flow, right? And so when you're sitting for a long period of time, there's like what we call neural ischemia. So the blood flow can't get to those nerves as well. So it just yeah. exacerbates it. That's why we love yoga, because
0: they get the blood to where it needs to get. Mm-hmm. I always like a nice marriage of Eastern and Western
3: mm-hmm. medicine. Yes, yeah.
0: yeah. we do a too. something from everyone. Something yeah. Too um were you afraid to did you have a second child after your first I had
4: one but seven years later so I was gonna say did you have like Now I have a one-year-old baby now oh my god congrats but yes I was super afraid
0: yeah I was gonna say I feel (laughs) like putting your body through that and like pregnancy is tough enough and then something after pregnancy would kind of make you not want to put yourself through that again.
4: Yeah, it's funny, but then you forget, you know, a little bit cause with time it time a little bit better. And, yeah. yeah. And then you're like, "Oh my god,
3: how did I end up here again?" Yes. Was yes. it
4: okay the second pregnancy? No, not
0: at
2: all. No, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Not, even,
4: not at all. <laughs> but you know, it that's I've have a great pelvic floor PT and yep. tie and charity treat me in the office.
3: Yeah. <laughs> with the
0: product.
3: It's easy. So I'm dealing with it, but yeah.
4: Um, but yeah, no, it wasn't pretty. But
0: I think it's <laughs> great that you experience it yourself because you know exactly what people are going through.
4: Exactly. Yes, definitely. I have my own dilator. Yeah. I have my work to do at home yeah. and I, I, I understand when people are telling me their symptoms. I'm like, I totally get yeah. it. But yes.
0: And yeah. were you already practicing for during your first pregnancy?
4: No, I was, okay. We, we were in residency together. Okay. Um, so I was a final year resident during uh, my first pregnancy.
0: Damn, yeah. that's busy and tired. <laughs> yes, good time. I would kill myself. <laughs> um. Yeah,
3: why didn't we
1: kill ourselves? I <laughs> had <laughs> my, my first one then, that's, too. Oh, yeah.
3: my gosh. so okay. many hours six on weeks. swollen feet.
1: Yeah, well, I, I don't remember that. But, yeah, I guess we were pretty big at the end. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I went back to work at six weeks. Yeah. Oh, so okay. I could graduate
0: on time. I graduated two days late. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, women have it so easy. I don't know what people are saying. Um, But when you were in residency, did you know um, about what you would, um, what would end up happening to your body?
4: Not at all. Okay. I (laughs) was totally naive and oblivious. (laughs) Oh
0: God. <laughs> so yeah.
4: not at all like you most would people yeah more. <laughs> most
1: people would do like Lamas classes and all yeah. that you hear these things yeah. but like you're like oh I went to med school I, I did an OB rotation exactly yeah. I don't need to watch I, I didn't watch anything I know me too you I should have watched a YouTube video like not even a YouTube
0: video I know My I think a lot of yeah. people try to avoid it because they're like I'm already this far like I can't go back no. I can't tell it to stay inside <laughs> yeah like if I get afraid from a video yeah. um that's so scary, though. And then, like, you have to take care of your kid, mm-hmm. new baby, while dealing with all this pain. Yeah.
4: Yeah, no, yeah. But luckily, I had a great babysitter and okay. support from my husband. But, That's great. Yeah, but that is... Yeah, I know it's hard for the women we see postpartum because, yeah, sometimes they'll bring their baby to the appointment. It's, you know, they're breastfeeding Mm -hmm. and even to get to their PTs. But a lot of the pelvic floor PTs are totally used to this. And if your baby's taking a nap, they'll treat you, you know, so they're used to it. Teamwork. That's another
1: that's a third one. I think that's hard to treat the postpartum. Yeah. The postpartum when there's like a lot of injury and the nerves are irritated. And, you know, I have one um well, I have a person that has like no little clitoral sensation and that's really tough.
0: Is that a new thing or? Yeah. No,
1: it was How postpartum. Wow. the Pedental nerve gets just <gasps> smashed sometimes. But it's only on the right side, which is really sad. Well, I mean, I guess it's better than having it on both sides, but um, because each of the nerves are on each side. Okay. It's not like one nerve does everything. It's like you have right side and the left side.
0: But let's I'm picturing like the Titanic smashing into an iceberg and the clit is the iceberg. Is that iceberg forever injured?
1: Well, actually, that's the amazing thing. Like it's okay. It took about a year and a half before she even found us. But then once we did now, we're like maybe a year and almost a half getting in or like a year. And we're getting sensation back. Oh, which yay. is like so
0: exciting! Hooray! Yeah, hooray! Major hooray! Major. I would be so depressed. Yeah, I guess this is just how depressed would Remy get
4: with
0: <laughs> <laughs> more vaginal issues?
4: No, nerves can heal. Yeah, yeah. They, heal, they regenerate. Okay. So our, our whole thought process of what we do is, we're not actually healing the nerves. We're just creating a better environment so mm-hmm. that they can heal themselves. Yeah, but they do yeah. heal. So that's why it's great. Yeah. <laughs> So that's like how we're, we're rehab
1: doctors. We're all about rehabbing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So like making people
0: better. Totally. Does anybody ever come in with um, issues that they can't orgasm? And orgasm? Yeah. 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 And is that something you guys treat as well?
4: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We treat it. We don't like, we don't claim to treat it, but it's, we see it so much mm-hmm. and what we do seems to help it. Okay. Yeah, so sometimes we're like, sure, let's try mm-hmm. and do this. I was <laughs> you know? We don't like claim Ooh. with pain. We're like, we know we can. Kinda, yeah. we can swing that pendulum. But the anorgasmia, it's a little yeah. less known, but mm-hmm. we see the progress anecdotally. So we always try. Totally. I yeah. was going to say too, though, because a lot of
0: people that have come to us or talked to us, a lot of their orgasms and even my anorgasmia, I think, had to do with like being kind of locked clenched, up and yeah. clenched and. Mm-hmm. Um, nervous you know Mm -hmm. and just kind of not letting go and not being able to relax yeah and it Mm -hmm. sounds like a lot of what you do is just you make it
3: everyone relax easier to relax Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so anorgasmia it obviously just means no No orgasm orgasm. yeah but for me that sounds so permanent when someone could think they're anorgasmic and don't have them just because they haven't yet Right. Right. Well, it's harder. That's not what I thought about me. Exactly. It's like
1: you never had. Well, I don't know if it's too personal, but you never had one and then
0: or you had one and then you didn't. No, I never had one until I started this podcast.
1: Okay. so it's harder to treat someone for anorgasmia if they've never had one. So
4: yay for you. Yay me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But if they've had one. Yeah. And then they didn't. That's it's, more rehab. That's, yeah, let's we get can, back to yeah, normal.
0: We can it, actually yeah.
1: get, you you know, we, we're more confident. And if you yeah. haven't,
0: hey, why not try what we're doing? Totally. Um, one of our listeners wrote, I've had reoccurring thrush for years. Is there a cure? I don't even know what thrush
4: is. Do you? They, so they've had vaginal yeast. thrush? And they, like, I it's guess. A yeast. It's a yeast. Yeah. yeah. So it can. Happy Passover. <laughs> <laughs> So yeast, I mean, low-sugar diet. Yeah. Yeast love sugar. Oh, so always say... I'm yeast. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I don't know if there's a cure, but low-sugar low diet. Low-sugar diet. Uh, make sure to keep your immune system healthy because mm-hmm. it can come when their immune system's down. Okay. Any other? I, had enough,
0: I don't know if this applies, but you guys cover penises as well, and there was a, a listener who wrote us that her... Boyfriend gets penis burn every time they have sex. Is that something that you have ever come across? Yeah, that sounds across? like what we, yes. use? That sounds like what we really? see. Really? What's yeah. penis
3: burn? Like rub burn? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm.
1: like, yeah, I mean, that's probably how he's saying it, but most, if we got him to say it, he might say that it was tingling or burning or a sensation of it being at the tip. Most of the time when I talk to any patient, I'll ask, like, is it at the tip? Is it at the shaft? Is it at the base? It's like, on where, the side of the shaft. It sounds like our patient. Yes. Okay. That's what we do. Yeah.
0: Okay, so if you are listening, <laughs> get your boyfriend to a pelvic PT.
1: Well yeah. Somewhere or, wherever you are. Yeah. And
0: do- or a doctor. Like wherever yeah, a pelvic you are. Someone. Yeah. A pelvic doctor, pelvic PT, someone. Yeah. But this is something that I've been trying to talk to them and I'm like, try another position. I don't oh. <laughs> And, and I, I can't Yeah, I'm like yeah. going from the other side. I don't know because um, the, 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 the nerves
1: of the pudendal nerve they go right they run so there's like the, pu- the dorsal nerve of the penis mm-hmm. so that's involved
4: so you just need to release uh. sometimes internally and externally around the nerve uh-huh. so it can flow better and then the burning can get better Okay. So they're going to be, pelvic floor PTs will do something called nerve gliding or myofascial release and just create space for the nerve that goes to the penis Mm -hmm. so that it it can be happier essentially and not be firing when it shouldn't be. It's hard to get men to go to PTs.
0: I'm sure. Well, when the men who do come to you do, is it because they found you through other people or they searched you themselves?
4: Both. Yeah, both, both referring doc. Other doctors will send sometimes
1: PT send when mm-hmm. they when they're like kind of patients plateauing, not really making it much more improvement, or they want us to help and make things move faster. Mm-hmm. With some of the stuff that we were doing, we talked about the injections or Valium. Yeah. They'll, they'll say, you know, can you go and see
0: this doctor, and she'll it'll help us. Yeah, it'll help us help you get better faster, and so they'll come to us then. Do you know why there's more of a reticence for guys to come in? Is it like seen as like a female? Issue,
4: I um, think so. I mean, I think it's may- maybe they're just em- embarrassed to have it. Or, yeah. But what we like to say, honestly, though, the men who get pelvic pain are athletic. They're athletes. Oh. You know, it's always their athletes. Yeah. Oh. They're, so the, if you have it, it, it makes a you're nice thigh,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: there's not a lot of male pelvic PTs in New York City, and so most of the patients who go i asked a patient and i said would you be more comfortable if i was a man and they said no be okay with a ma- female or a man they're okay yeah. they seem to be okay and once they get to pt they're usually fine but when you have to explain what pt is that's when they're like wait someone might stick their finger in my butt on a regular mm-hmm.
3: mm, not sure yeah so it's kind of invasive yeah percent. yes i see
1: Yeah. And, and, and honestly, it's invasive for a woman too. It's, you know, totally.
0: But I think, but if it's in the interest of bettering your life and eliminating pain, like I know, I don't don't know if you guys know this, but in the first season of this podcast, I had assignments um, to make me be able to have an orgasm. And one of the assignments last season was have a tantric massage and I always bring that up because it was just this moment of feeling like my whole body was one body and that my vagina, my vulva, my butthole, all all of it is just part of my body instead of this is an isolated thing of someone sticking their fingers up your butt or Mm -hmm. looking at you or whatever. It's like, no, this is a professional who's looking at my body and dissecting it from a medical perspective to make me better as a whole.
1: Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think
0: that can relieve a lot of stress from the brain and emotionally as well. Yeah.
1: yeah. Usually when I see a guy mm-hmm. and in the beginning, they're kind of like, oh, should I have my underwear off? Are you OK? You know, or yeah. do you want me to keep it on? And I'm like, no, 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 no it's totally normal. Yeah. You know, this is what I going to do. And at the end, they're usually thanking me. Thanks for all the, you know, I appreciate it going into detail. Like, they're really grateful. I mean, I know in the beginning, same thing. They love their PTs by the end of it. Mm-hmm. They're so
4: grateful. Totally. Mm-hmm. But it is tough finding, I know for myself, that whole... Mind body connection to the Mm -hmm. pelvic floor because you can't see it. You know, I can tell you contract your bicep and it's obvious. Yeah. It's like contract that. And you're like, I am. You know, even myself, Mm I'm like, I am. Why is that biofeedback not moving? And we never learn
0: about it. Like the way that, like, I was just like, where is the pelvic floor? Like, it's not like in biology class where it's like, that's the diaphragm, those are the lungs. Charlotte and I were at a lunch this week and we had a little um, model of the clitoris on the table. At the internal structure, obviously, and what kind of lunch was this? I know, <laughs> and, and, you know, why are we invited? For, for seriously. next like. time you will be invited. But we were talking about it, and a lot of people had been like, not the ones at the lunch, but people before had been like, "Well, why do you need to know the internal structure of a clitoris? Yeah, you can't see you it. You can't see it. It's like, well, we all know what our heart is shaped like because of biology class, and you never see that either. We no. all know what our lungs are shaped. Why no. aren't we taught about?" The internal clitoris. Why aren't we taught about the pelvic floor? These are things that are so important so important, and yeah. very much part of.
1: I had, I had one time someone asked me, like, could you look at my clitoris? It doesn't look right. And mm-hmm. it was stuck. What? It, couldn't, it was like stuck. It was like an adhesion. Oh. So when there's an adhesion, it's it was literally like stuck with the hood on top. So, uh, uh, so you had to pull the hood back. Well, it's or not no. that easy. Oh. <laughs> it takes a little bit of working on. So that's what that patient's homework is. So, but she How had no stuck, idea, though. though, that was like what a clitoris looked like. And she had only seen her own. Yeah.
0: But it's not what it looks like, right? If there's well, an adhesion. no, Well, that's
1: why she thought it was normal. Oh, okay, <laughs> so, okay, okay. Yeah, she was so like... For her whole, whole life. Yeah. So, you know, that's the thing. Like, nobody really is looking at anyone else's clitorises. And they should. We yeah. should
0: <laughs> more. Like, literally, though, guys can their dicks all the time in yeah. locker rooms. It's like not a thing. <laughs> Or at camp or whatever, like just showing. Yeah. This is what i my little campers when I was a counselor would be like, "Hey Remy, look what I got!" I'd be like, <laughs> "Don't show me that," but you know, show your friends. <laughs> you guys want to compare notes? For some reason, girls weren't looking as much. Additional. It was very
3: like shameful thing, right. yeah. like hiding and.
0: I have one friend, Erica. (laughs) We showed each other when we were four. We said, I have this. Do you have this? And then we said yes. But then we shamefully moved on with the rest of our
2: lives.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I mean, we need to break the barriers because so many people come oh, I've been living with this for years, but I was embarrassed to tell you about mm-hmm. it. Like, it's not embarrassing. It's normal. Everyone has a right to have yeah. good intercourse. Like, it, you yeah, should be totally. able to tell your doctor and you should be able to get
0: help. Were you guys so. clitorate from a young age? Mm, no.
1: no. 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 But I write about it now okay. for the South Asian community because I feel like we have a very, very lack... and a huge taboo with it. So mm-hmm. I write about it now to... I tell my my daughters know about and their that's vaginas. where your family is from. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my five-year-old knows about her vagina. Good. And she's...
0: <laughs> Does she have a special word for it or she calls it a vagina? No, she
1: calls it a vagina. But she um, will ask my husband why he has a long vagina. <laughs> 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 like, uh, how come he doesn't have... She has a long one. I'm she's
3: like, like oh. I want a long one. And <laughs> she totally just be called that. Long vaginas. <laughs> well,
0: Charlotte's got like... We were talking about how she gets strep a lot, and I was looking at her uvula, and I was like, "Ugh, I wish my clitoris looked <laughs> like a uvula. Like that would just make so much more sense, like a little door knocker hanging over
3: <laughs> your, your vulva. <laughs> it should. It, it would. Lo- it makes sense, but it's also great the way it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I heard that hyenas give birth out of their clitorises. Did you guys know that? I read that this week. I did not, I did know, know, that. not know that. Isn't that wild? <laughs> <See>? <laughs> Is that true? It's true. It's okay. on Wikipedia at least. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Charlotte, fact check. I'm it. gonna fact check. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, when did you guys like start? Yeah, true. do you remember first orgasm? Yeah.
4: Experiences? Oh gosh. Yeah, I'm still working on it. Really? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> About perfecting it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, my first orgasm. Um. R- yeah, definitely recent. Not that long ago. Wow. Yeah. So post postpartum. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so
0: even professionals, you guys.
4: Yeah. That's cool. That's amazing. Was
0: it um, through PT then? Or kind of yeah, just Yeah, PT and just
4: more mind-body mm-hmm. stuff. Figuring it out. Toys or no? No toys. No. Cool. No toys. <laughs> yeah. Sick.
0: Was it alone? Partnered? Partnered. So sweet. I help. <laughs> My husband, yeah. Oh, I was thinking your baby. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Just came out and said, Mom, I'll give you a little hand.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and was yours pre-baby? You know, I think it just gets better and better mm-hmm.
1: now that I'm older and more demanding. Yeah. I think as I get older, I'm like, oh, this is how this is going to go. Yeah. I think, um, I think when you're younger, I mean, I've been married for a really long time and, you know, doesn't really even... I think I think it's really
0: just being—I don't know—it's the feminist in me now that's taking control. Hundred percent. Charlotte and I always say if you can speak up in the bedroom, you can speak up better in the boardroom. Yeah, like it's just taking more um, control over (laughs) your life. Yeah, yeah. Um, But you grew up in a Southeast Asian household. Did they speak about sex at all? No, no,
1: no. My period talk was by my aunt. Mm -hmm. And I, my aunt asked me if I knew what a period was and I pretended like I had no idea, even though I probably already knew. And I said, you mean like exclamation point, punctuation, what are you talking Just (laughs) to like dodge the, dodge the conversation. And then I got my period in sixth grade and my mom gave me some pads and that was it. No sex talks. Oh no.
3: How'd you learn about sex?
1: By myself? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there
3: was like a talk.
1: Nobody gave me a talk.
3: There's no, no, there's no
0: masturbation exploration or
1: there's no like, you know, you're, you're, you know, I was dating. Okay. Kind of just on my own, but it wasn't really like nobody gives talks. And Mm -hmm. I mean, just culture and religious backgrounds, like, there's no, talking about that stuff totally and how do they feel about you treating such a sexually so it's linked funny thing. now because yeah. my mom will be like so proud of me and she will be at thanksgiving and all these like random uncles will be around and she'll be like oh google her google her and i'm like mom please don't tell them to google me <laughs> you don't know what you're gonna find yeah. i was like i ta- i end up getting the male sex topics every time we do any of these things yeah. so i was like they can look me up. That's fine, but you you know just be careful. And she's like, "Oh my god, wait you sh- you should stop treating men." And I'm like, "Mom, stop! Like I'm not right. gonna stop treating men."
0: Right? No, because they, yeah. they they need it too. Yeah. Um. And how's your dad feel? He, I'd never had the conversation with him. Really?
1: Yeah. He's like seventy almost. He doesn't need to. That's uh, fine. He but doesn't. you're
0: doing so such good.
1: Yeah. You know. But you know. Yeah, you get to the you most
0: know, good. The most good. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: all right.
4: He's like, so how's work? I'm like, great.
0: It's work. Um, and what about yours? Do they, are they proud?
4: <gasps> are they proud? <laughs> I think they're proud. I'm not sure. They're, they're still trying to. It's it's a new field. Okay. We're just trying to understand what we yeah. really do. Yeah. Even I mean, even other physicians are like. What do you do? <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a little, it's very new. So, yeah. that yeah, they're proud.
0: But basically, the end of the story is you're helping people know their bodies better, have less pain, and be able to go about their lives in a happier, more settled way.
4: Wow. Yeah. That's a great explanation. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. That's so, exactly right. We're all about function and turning yeah. to... Uh, your your quality of life yeah mm-hmm.
0: i th- i just i find it interesting cuz i didn't think the parent question was going to be as like Like I thought they would be more supportive and we have a lot of people on this podcast who do work in adult fields or whatever where they're like, yeah, you know, ultimately my parents are down for it now because I'm helping other people in this way and you guys are literally Mm -hmm. helping people in a medical way that it's like there's still this stigma because it's like with nudity and with people's pelvises and with people's sex lives. So
1: like my mom came to my, I went, when I went to Pakistan in January, my mom came to my talk and Okay, so this is Pakistan, like mm-hmm. Taboo Central. Mm-hmm. And I did a Grand Rounds lecture in a hospital setting. So internal medicine doctors, surgeons. And I, my mom was sleeping. Yeah. Like legit sleeping during my talk. Okay. <laughs> in it the was same like, room? In the same room. She's watching oh me and I could see her <laughs> sleeping. I mean, it was 8 a.m., but still she was sleeping. And no, that's I was, when you're and awake, I, mom. And, I, and I'm literally like urinary incontinence ejaculation like saying words that maybe might wake her up (laughs) (laughs) and my aunt's there and like I'm trying to like get a rise out of some of the men get some like people just to say these words yeah and I mean I don't think they're not proud I just think they don't know and they're like well you're you're making money I guess you're doing good people are getting better I see things
0: you're publishing things so like thumbs up totally you know it's more other people are reacting well, so it must be. It awkward. must be fine.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's also a generation thing. Yeah. Like anything new, they're very skeptical. I'm not going to say that about. our
0: parents weren't a little. <laughs>
3: What's a podcast? What
0: is a podcast? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, it's about come. She's okay, Remy. <laughs> but then, it, oh, it's the medical side. Well, okay, this is better. Oh, you're on yeah. iTunes. I get it. Oh,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: well, so, last yesterday, my daughter's like, so, I was like, guys, I have to do a podcast after work, so I'm going to be a little late. And mm-hmm. My daughter's like, what's a podcast? Oh, it's this thing. And, you know, it comes up. We were in the car, so I was like, it comes up on the car, and you can play it. They're like, can we listen? I was like, sure. They're like, but what's it about? I was like, pelvic pain. So we're
0: not going to get it. I'm like, probably not. They're five and seven. So (laughs) So cute. But But I think you could explain it to them. Hey, there's this muscle that in some people gets really tight and it makes their butts and jinies and (laughs) readers. hurt.
4: (laughs) My daughter always says when we were going around in her class, all the parents came in and kids were telling what their parents did for work and my daughter stands up and says, my mom treats public pain. (laughs) She gives people better, takes away their pain in public. (laughs) That's what I do. That's so cute. That is really cute. I love them from afar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, This has been so much fun. Um, Where can everybody find you, your practice, uh, your social media if it's out there?
1: Um, I am on Instagram at Dr. Tay Ahmed, T-A-Y-A-H-M-E-D. Um, and then our office website is pelvicrehabilitation.com. Just have to spell it right. Perfect.
4: And we also have an Instagram and Facebook for our pelvic rehabilitation medicine. So PRM, we have mm-hmm. our own uh, Instagram as well. Is it, uh, is it just pelvic rehabilitation? I don't think there's a medicine on the yeah, Instagram. Yeah, it's just pelvic rehabilitation. Yeah. Yes. And so. then yours is Dr. Dr. Allison, yes. And um, our office, we're currently in Manhattan. So, um, yeah, look us up, Pelvic Rehabilitation Medicine in Mm -hmm. New York City.
0: And what about for people in other states? What should they just Google?
4: We're actually currently growing. We'll be in Miami in May as well as uh, D.C. in May. Washington, D.C., Miami, and... Um, we are in New Jersey as well. Cool. So we are in other states. Just like Um, endometriosis, you're (laughs) spreading. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're spreading. (laughs) But in a nice (laughs) way.
0: (laughs) Okay, perfect. Um, I just have to ask this at the end of every sexual experience, which (laughs) this has been. Tayava, did you finish? (laughs) yes I did okay amazing Allison did you finish
4: yes I did perfect (laughs)
0: Charlotte Casimir did you finish I
4: sure did did you Remy (laughs) I did
0: Um, thank you everyone for coming (laughs) I will see you next time on How Come goodbye
3: bye
0: Bye. yay
2: (laughs) it's not you it's me I try so hard to finish honestly they say you'll know when you go all the way from A right down to O Oh no I think that i still got a ways to go Oh oh I'm sick of this and I have got to know How come? How come? How come I can't achieve? How come I can't achieve? I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Oh baby, I believe these guests can help. Cause I can't do it by myself. I wanna just...